the For Us, By Us Fund, which supports Black, Brown, Indigenous, and people of color living their best life in Maine. In the Pocket, a talk show that showcases Mainers, who are people of color. Each episode represents a member of the Maine community from art, culture, and business, the earth, wind, and fire of life embracing and exploring the Black diaspora and descendants of American slavery through conversation is the foundational concept of In The Pocket. The overall mission of In The Pocket is to create conversational space for all people of color that is documented and celebrated through sharing of life experiences. If you like what you're hearing and wanna hear it again, or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In The Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show. Thank you for tuning in to In The Pocket. I'm your host, Flo Edwards, and our special guest today is Cassandra Thatch. She is a a big mover in the programming that's happening in Portland. She works on the Portland Butterfly Project, which I believe she's a founder of, and she works on Maine youth incarceration. Please, Cassandra, introduce yourself. Hi, thank you for having me. My name is Cassandra, and I do a lot of work in Portland. I really don't know where to start, but I guess it all really started in my years at Wayne Fleet High School. I emceed a couple of the shows there for the New England Youth Identity Summit, which is something that we have created to kind of bring um, spotlight to diversity in Portland. So that was like really where I first found my voice and like found my passion for social justice. Um, in that, I met Aliyah Lee from Maine Youth Justice and he asked me to join his team, which is really awesome. So now I'm one of the core leaders in that and we work to end youth incarceration in Maine and shut down the last standing youth prison um, known as Long Creek, as some of you may know. Um, just recently, we actually passed the bill. Um, Um, I think it's LD 1668 in the House and the Senate to shut down Long Creek completely. But unfortunately, we weren't able to fully close that bill because the government actually vetoed the bill itself. But that was a huge um, victory in general, and it was something amazing. And under Maine Youth Justice, I actually created the Portland Butterfly Project, which is something that I have created to help aid the homeless here in Portland during the pandemic. Um, In addition to this, aside from all my social justice work, I'm also a full-time college student and I do run my own small business known as K-Sweets. I make a variety of chocolate-covered treats and um, my main mission with that is to bring unique gift ideas to life and help people create experiences that they can never forget. So that's really a lot of the work that I do and I'm still figuring it out. I'm only 19. Um, I don't think this is it yet, but this is definitely the start for me. Yeah, it's definitely not it yet. I mean, you're young and really on the ball. You're doing a lot. Um, Tell us a little bit more about your small business. Yeah, um, I created this K-Suites about a year ago. Um, I was bored during the pandemic and I actually wanted to I 
I've seen this kind of treats that I've been making all over social media at the time and no one in Maine had done it. And I actually wanted to gift my mom the gift itself, but because no one did it, I had to go out and buy the products myself. So I literally did it and it just became like a hobby and it wasn't that great at first. It took me a couple more tries to like get the hang of it. And then over time, um, I started sharing it with my friends and family and then they just told me they were like I will literally buy this off of you and then that's kind of how it started and now it's booming it's literally even so amazing and I'm actually furthering my business here in Worcester Mass with my college campus and so that's been great it's been definitely it's great knowing like a different target audience as well because like college students um they definitely cater to more um affordable prices so that's been something that I've been trying to like challenge myself with right now but yeah. Yeah. So what are the different products that you're offering the college demographic? So I offer a variety of options ranging from breakable hearts to chocolate covered strawberries, pretzels, literally anything covered in chocolate. Um, I also did do cakes and cupcakes for a while and that was more of like, I just wanted to see if I could do it and I found out that I could, but like, it's not really something that I'm interested in, so I'm staying with the chocolate treats as of now and staying away from cakes. Um, but here on campus, I've learned that a lot of the kids really like cake pops, but back home, something that's more popular is like chocolate covered strawberries or like fruit bouquets and stuff like that. So it's definitely been cool to like cater to different audiences and like different sweet tooths. Um, and I actually just recently learned how to cater to actual bigger institutions my college campus actually ordered from me a couple times for events which has been really cool um, but it can be a little difficult because I am a full-time student and like it's just me running this business so I don't really have that much help and when I do have a lot of big orders I really need to learn how to like time manage my time well and also just um prioritize what's really important because like this is just a side hobby and I do have my studies on the side but it can be really difficult because like I love doing this so much and it, you can kind of get clouded in the moment but that's definitely something that I've been like navigating these past years. Nice. It's uh, awesome to hear people using the pandemic as a way to tap into new interests and that can actually earn the money. Yeah, definitely. I like if you told me a year ago, like that I would have had this small business, I would laugh at you because I don't like cooking. I don't like being in the kitchen. But I guess the pandemic it, it did something to me. <laughs> yeah, that kitchen does not have dust on it anymore. No, not anymore. <laughs> So, um, so when did you really start working with um, the Maine Youth Justice? Was that before the pandemic? Um, yeah, it was a couple months before the pandemic had actually started. I think it was last year in January. Um, well, I had actually kind of known about Maine Inside Out, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with, but um, that was kind of the organization that had started before Maine Youth Justice. And that specific organization catered to people who have already been previously incarcerated. And it was a way for people to kind of um, explore who they are and, you know, 
test out new things like theater and singing and um, poems and poetic justice and all that kind of stuff. So um, Ali was actually a part of that. I'm sure you're familiar with Ali Ali. He's one of the main leaders in Maine Youth Justice. And eventually um, he decided to further his works in Maine Youth Justice. And the main goal of that is to really like stop people from being incarcerated so that we don't really have to work with them to help them find themselves because we believe that true justice comes from community support and love for these children and um yeah so i think he started it a couple years so it was my sophomore year in high school and then about i think in my junior year he asked me to join the team and that's when it started so i think i've been in it for about two to three years now so. Yeah, that's a long time, especially being um, as busy as you are with school. I mean, high school can be very busy. It was definitely, it was super cool to like meet people outside of school as well, because like, I feel like um, you might have heard this a lot, but Wayne Fleet can kind of be seen as like a bubble, like it's predominantly white and being like a small percentage of like students of color in that school like it was kind of hard to navigate like my identity in that space um especially being mixed because like i feel like being mixed you can kind of like go back and forth with who you want to be and cater to those different identities but um being around like leaders of color really like changed it all for me and i think like i was definitely one of those kids that like i needed guidance i needed a mentor and it did not need to be a white person because I've already had so many of those around me in the educational system. Um, so having a Lee and like um, just the rest of the team to kind of look up to that really helped me navigate that space. And like, I definitely feel like I would have been a totally different person if it wasn't for that, you know, experience. So I'm glad to still be a part of it to this day. Yeah. Um, did you do anything with Inside Out? With um, I think Joseph Jackson's one of the main leaders of that group. Um, I didn't. I did never really worked with Main Inside Out, but I did attend a lot of their open mics that they held at the time. So I met basically the entire team, and we became really good friends. But I never worked with them because I had never been previously incarcerated myself. So it wouldn't really be appropriate for me to join the team but yeah yeah that makes sense so i like how you're approaching let's get rid of incarceration through youth programming um what are some of the replacements of incarceration that your organization suggests we we strongly believe in community support and community reform um we really want to redirect the funds that are currently going into Maine Youth Justice, which I believe is 18.7 million at this moment, um, back into the community and to also incorporate that into educational resources. That's something that I strongly stand for. Um, I believe that education is a strong, strong way for kids to finally like find themselves and also just learn discipline and the facts are we're not even spending half of the amount that we are um, incarcerating one child to go to prison into the school system. I think we're spending $600,000 per kid per year just to incarcerate them and we're not even spending half of that 
to put them into school. So that's a huge problem in itself, and it really shows where we put our values are in this country. Um, and like Maine is pretty small, and there's only about around 20 kids in um, Long Creek at the moment, and a lot of them are there under petty crimes. And truly, we don't believe that they should be there at all. It should really just be a way for them to also take accountability for the, the actions that they've done, but at the same time grow for them. And, you know, in Long Creek, you're not really growing. The matter of the fact is we can do the same thing that we're doing in Long Creek without putting kids behind bars. Right. And I know with after school programming, um, would that be like having like a youth center versus uh, an incarceration center, for example, like a place where people can study or play sports? I definitely think that's one of them. Like after school resources are definitely a must. Having um, food for kids that don't really have food at home is a must. Um, also just a lot more of funding into institutions that are already established, like mental health institutions, our healthcare systems, our educational system. Like those are some of the many things that we need to start looking at funding more because that way we can actually get the resources and the help that is actually coming out of those institutions. Um, right now, we're not really we're not really supporting those who are in that system, like in the people working in that system as well. Like they're not getting the support that they need. They're not getting the recognition that they deserve. Um, and they're definitely being underpaid. And that's something that like, if we start looking at where we put our money into, more great things will happen. But if we're focusing so much of our time of, and like, you know, putting money in where it can kind of punish people, we're not really going to see that much of a change. It's more of like, oh, you did something wrong. You just need to leave and never like you're never going to get the support that you need when you get out. And how do you, how do we expect people to thrive, especially children, once they come out of a system like that? Right. Um, very good points. How did that lead you to the Butterfly Project? Yeah, so actually we do have meetings like every i think two times two to three times a week in mean youth justice and they basically were telling us like you guys need to start thinking about like creating your own work like what is something that you're passionate about and like it wasn't really something that was like we had to do it like there was a deadline like you needed to do this um but like i just started to see a problem in portland and at that time i think there was a um protests going on at city hall um it was like an encampment it was a really pr it was a pretty big thing at the time and it, it lasted for about a month i believe but like mostly for two weeks where people would like camp out at city hall and it was basically um people's ways of showing that there is a true problem right now for homeless people especially during the pandemic not being able to sleep not being able to sleep in a home that is safe or not being able to eat fresh food and also just getting sick in general not getting help so i started to see that and um it was actually one of my co-workers in maine youth justice that was fundraising for that specific encampment and so I decided to do the same thing and um, 
I didn't get that many donations and actually the only person who donated to me was my uncle and he donated a hundred dollars and so I took that as an opportunity to show people like what I could do with that kind of money like that's a lot of money to a lot of people that might not seem like a lot but it really is and I was able to make um, over a dozen essential packages for the homeless community and then once I showed everything that I bought with that hundred dollars and everything that I could create with that hundred dollars everyone I think was just taken aback um, and eventually that led to way more donations than I had originally ever like expected and it turned into so something so much bigger <laughs> than like I could even imagine and like because I was getting so many donations at that time, I was like, honestly, I think it's appropriate to start like a literal project for this because so many people believe in what I'm doing. And so I took that and created the Portland Butterfly Project and I used the butterfly as a symbol for growth because, you know, the butterfly goes, goes through stages in life where like, you know, you feel like you're stuck in your trap, but really you can grow into something beautiful and fly around and butterflies is such a beautiful thing and also I did that in honor of my mom as well like butterflies was always our thing so I just thought it would be like a sweet um, representation of like how beautiful our community could be if everyone was thriving and so it's just like it's been I think over a year now and it's been so amazing and I've met so many people and so many organizations have like reached out and helped and it's like I think this should be a core example of like one idea could really transform into something amazing and like you'll never know until you try and honestly I would have never known that like I would have met you one day you know like that's such a crazy experience you know and like I've met so many people and I've made so many connections and like people have donated so much and it doesn't even need to just be money donations it can be like stuff in your house like jackets socks clothes so like I've managed to like get everyone to like help in some way or another. I'm curious. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm curious as to what the, uh, if you can remember the 12 items you had in that essential package that you made the very first. Uh, I had a mask in there, a couple um, goodies, like snack bars and stuff like that. And then also like, some just essential products like toothbrushes toothpaste deodorant like things that people need in order to like survive and feel good about themselves so a lot of hygiene products and a lot of snacks so and then at, with that essential packages i basically went around portland and just handed them out to um our unhoused members in the community and some of them did not handle it in the way that I thought they would handle like a lot of some people can be really aggressive and rude about the things that you're like handing out and like that's just something that like comes along with this kind of work you know like you're always going to come into contact with people who suffer from mental illness who suffer from just like everything that they're going through it's kind of valid for them to be angry no matter what you know and so like me being a little girl like it's kind of difficult like I needed to have friends and family with me at that time so that was my way of distributing and keeping myself safe and um yeah so now like definitely doing this for over a year now um I definitely know how to navigate certain situations that I put into but I also know when to like 
put a boundary and back myself up because in the end I'm just one person this entire project is literally just me um, and I know that there's other organizations that have a whole team that like dedicate their entire times to this and lives to it so I make sure that I give them the recognition they deserve because they're the ones putting the full-time work in I, I'm, I, this was originally supposed to be a three-week mission, and then it turned into something that's still going on now because this is a worldwide issue. It's never going to end, and I hope it ends. I pray that it ends, but it's an issue that is going to be ongoing for a really long time, so I didn't think it was appropriate for me to like end it at the two, three-week mark. Um, and a lot of people believe in it, so as long as you have a community support, it can still thrive. Right on. Um, so how has the commuting from Maine to Massachusetts been, or do you mostly not commute during the pandemic? Yeah, it's, it's definitely rough. (laughs) Luckily I have a car, so I'm able to travel back and forth, but the first year I didn't have a car, so I'd had to take the bus home. I had to rely on like ubers or my friends to drive me to the bus station or the train station like just um a lot of like just need a lot of support in order to get the things that you want and i feel like if i didn't have that support i would definitely be really unmotivated to do the things that i'm doing because this is hard work and it can be very mentally draining at times but um i think after doing it for so long now it's definitely getting easier and it's so worth it Like, honestly, like, just meeting the people that I meet is so worth it. And the work that I do and seeing people happy or, like, even just, like, changing some people's perspective on certain things is, like, literally just my goal. So, honestly, it's all worth it in the end. Like, no matter the struggle of, like, commuting back and forth, I really don't mind it. (laughs) Awesome. Um, What are you, have you picked a major? I'm still undecided. I actually have to figure out that this year. I have no idea what I want to do because I love everything. Like, I love being educated. (laughs) That's like my number one thing. I love school. Um, But I think my heart definitely is just, it keeps going back to nonprofit work. Like, and I know that, like, in general, because of all the connections that I've made now at this age in the past, like, two, three years. I know that I will have um, opportunities in the future, especially if I continue the work that I'm doing. So I'm not too worried about um, like international development or like things like that, because like I know that stuff will come when it comes. So I think right now my biggest goal is like trying to figure out what career will leave me stable in the future rather than like focusing on nonprofit work because like all of that stuff is just always going to be there like that I, I will always make time for that um, but I guess in short I'm thinking business law and political science but I'm not very sure yet but yeah yeah well those are definitely good avenues to travel so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that I'm like it'll all work out no matter what like whatever I'm learning right now is enough like I don't I don't think my major has to like specifically dedicate my like entire life to that or like should be the only path that I go down because I think one thing I'm learning from adults around me is that they've been changing 
so much over the years since they've been in high school and college and the stuff that they majored in is not the stuff they're doing now so I just keep trying to like remind myself that like it's okay to change what you want to study it sure is yeah so you see yourself after school possibly nonprofit work being kind of your hobby mostly mm-hmm. it's kind of weird to say hobby because like I don't know like it's not really like I think it's just like my heart wants to help people I definitely want to work with youth I love working with kids um, I think my main goal is to make sure that I have power enough to make change like legitimate change rather than like just talking 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 because I feel like right now it's all activism and just like panels and um protests you're just like constantly speaking about what needs to be changed but nothing really is being pushed to change and a lot of the things that we're fighting for have been talked about for hundreds of years have already been things that we've been recommending um so I think my main goal is to make sure that I have enough power to actually further that change and actually make it come to life especially for our kids that's my main goal I would say law sounds like a pretty powerful place to be in for that for sure (laughs) yeah definitely Um, When I was reading up about you, I came across this mention of you staying to like 10 p.m. at the school to study. Oh, my God. Where did you read that? (laughs) Uh, I think it was like the West Ender or something. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, it's so weird to talk about my past because like I've changed so much and I feel like my living situation is so much more healthier now like I feel like I'm finally old enough to make my own decisions and make sure that I have what I need um but at that time it was very very hard like as a kid I went through a lot of things back home and just like in general figuring out myself with identity um my parents were separated like it was just a lot of different things um and school was really my outlet school was really my way out and so luckily because the adults there trusted me and like they saw something in me they allowed me to stay until 10 11 midnight the latest like and that was kind of just my way of like getting away from home and like doing everything i can to just be away and so studying was really like okay well if you're gonna stay at school you have to study or you have to do something you can't just sit in school and not do anything so that was basically what I did I just like got ahead on a lot of things I um my teacher stayed after school with me a lot too which was really helpful and that really like shaped me into who I am now and um definitely my time at Wayne Fleet is it it really shows why I'm so passionate about like working with youth because like I had opportunities a lot of my friends didn't have and that's something that like really makes me sad because I know that like we all have the potential of being something so amazing but you never really see it until someone sees it for you but the real growth comes when you start to believe it yourself and luckily I went through that process so I feel like my purpose in life is to make sure that other people are able to see that for themselves at a really young age because that's when 
amazing things will happen for the community and even just in general, personally. Right. The sooner the better. Well, that was a beautiful explanation um, of what your goal in life is to help other people see how amazing they are at an earlier age. It's great. Yeah. So, yeah, you're welcome. So Cassandra, thank you so much for spending time with us. Uh, We really appreciate that at In The Pocket. How can people reach you? What's the plug? The plug. All right. So you can reach me. All of my work is established on Instagram. Um, But before I get into my handles and all that, I just want to say a huge thank you for having me. Like, seriously, this means a lot. Um, But yeah, if you want to make an order, um, you can find me at KSuites on Instagram with three E's. Um, if you want to find my personal, it's KK Thatch, K-K-T-H-A-C-H. And on my personal page, you can find like all the links to my other things, like the Portland Butterfly Project, the Mean Youth Justice account, and also just my small business page as well. So really my main page is the way to go. You'll find everything easily. So, thank you. The For Us, Buy Us Fund which supports Black, Brown, Indigenous, and people of color living their best life in Maine. Rising Tide Brewing. They take time and pride in giving back to the greater Portland community. If you like what you've heard and want to hear it again, or want to check out our archive of past shows, Look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In The Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show.